and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We're live. Larry H. Miller, Ford Lincoln in Draper, 11442 South uh, Lone Peak Parkway, really just off of uh, I-15, the 114th South exit, just uh, west of I-15. Come on out and uh, see us. We're going to talk to Tanner Mangum coming up here momentarily. Gordon, hey, we get a- yes. Yeah. What's that place look like, Jake? What do you mean, what does it look like? It's uh, Describe describe your setting there. I, it sounds like a, a, a real nice store. Oh, it's very nice. It's it's new. As you know, Gordon, the 114th South Exit off I-15 has not been around for all that long. So it's a brand right. new building. Uh-huh. Uh, big, beautiful, open uh, showroom. Um, let's see. I'm looking at the service department right now. They have That is a huge service department. I, I checked out the refreshment room. Uh, a little bit earlier, and yeah, they've got free sodas, coffee, snacks. Your Sounds type of, good. Your type of joint there, Gordon. <laughs> All right. Sounds uh, good. Let's jump out to the zone phone. Joining us now, he joins us every week, former BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum with us here on The Big Show. What's going on, Tanner? What's up, guys? How you guys doing? We are doing terrific. Uh, curious to your thoughts on uh, Gordon and I were just talking about this in the last hour. Uh, the Pac-12 is is exploring whether or not uh, they would be willing to schedule some non-conference games if they lose uh, some teams because they can't, uh, you know, fill the requirement. What is it, Gordon? Fifty-three man roster. Yes. Uh, like we've seen a, a bunch in the Pac-12 so far. Uh, what do you What do you think about the uh, possibility of BYU picking up a Pac-12 team at the last moment on this schedule? If it's Utah, I'm in. If it's anyone else, uh, we, either we could go either way. But I mean, if, if, if there's a possibility to play Utah this year, then I think that would be so fun to watch. And both fan bases, I think, would appreciate the opportunity to see how each team matches up uh, against one another this year. I think, uh, obviously, no, no matter what, BYU Utah games are always close. So I think I think that would be a fun one. But also, I think uh, it would be good for BYU to schedule anyone um, if, from from the Pac-12. I think just to continue to fill that schedule, continue to to build the strength of the schedule, uh, get more opportunities to play against quality opponents. I think it would be a win-win both for BYU and for the Pac-12 too to get some extra games on their schedule. So Tanner, you and I have had the conversation before, where you know if you have BYU playing the schedule they're playing this year, which is uh, virtually no difficult games. Uh, Boise State was supposed to be Houston, maybe, but uh, it's uh, this has worked out in their favor as far as uh, sort of branding moving forward and reputation across the country. So. Would you risk an undefeated season by scheduling a game like that at this point? That that is, it's a high risk, high reward. Because if yeah, if you do lose, basically you lose a lot of validation in a lot of ways. You lose a lot of credibility. But if you win, you only further cement your status as one of the top teams in the country. 
And I think with all these Big Ten teams that are starting to creep in, I saw that Indiana's ninth, Wisconsin's tenth. If they continue to win, they could leapfrog Cincinnati, BYU, and work their way up into that top five conversation. And so I think you need, you need to do something to combat that because playing North Alabama isn't going to do that. But if you play a Pac-12 team, if you play a better program, then you can make a better case to, to keep that spot ahead of those Big Ten teams. Because even though Big Ten teams only played a couple games, a few games, they're going to get more, uh, I guess, taken a little, little bit more seriously just, just because of the conference they're in, the teams they're playing. So I think by uh, scheduling a, a Pac-12 team or two, uh, it, would only hurt, it would only help and um, continue to make that case for a, for, for a New Year's Six Bowl. Tanner, give us something good or bad that has surprised you about this BYU team. Good question. There's a lot of things. I would say the thing that has surprised me the most is the defense. That was a concern of, of mine. I think a concern of a lot of, um, of uh, BYU fans. Uh, last year, games against South Florida, games against Toledo, where they just did not look themselves, and just was they were quite porous, to be honest, against pretty lackluster teams. And I knew that Coach Tuiaki had good schemes that he, you know that he had uh, also Kalani as, as a defensive mastermind to help you know to help run that defense. So I knew they had it in them. I think it was just a matter of kind of getting the right pieces in place. Um, and, and I had a feeling that the offense would continue to improve. I think it was just a matter of time of getting the right uh, experienced guys uh, to get that offense going. But the, the, the defense was a big question, question mark. But I think this year they've just shut teams down week after week. They've, they've, they've had some weak spots here and there, weak quarters here and there. But overall, on the whole, I mean, they're one of the top defenses in the country. And, of course, always, everyone's always going to respond with, yeah, but look who they played. But even then, you can't just, uh, you know, you can't just, just say that. you got to look at, look at how they're playing, look at the plays they're making, um, look at the way that they're shutting down typically powerful offenses like Navy, like Houston, uh, like Boise State, you know, teams that have, that have had success uh, moving the football and BYU's really shut them down. So I think the veterans on that defensive unit combined with the, uh, the, 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 the tweaks in the coaching uh, scheme have been really, really good to watch and, and a pleasant surprise, I think, for all of Cougar Nation. Speaking of pleasant surprises, it's always enjoyable to watch any player on any team make great progress moving forward. And it seems like, uh, based on things I've heard you say before, and I don't think Tyler Algier would mind me bringing this up, that he's a guy who went from a certain place to a place now where he is a gifted running back, uh, Tanner. Uh, Talk about his progress, because when you first saw him play, he's been moved around and stuff, but it seemed like, uh, well, progress is the word. That's a great shout. I think that's probably the second biggest surprise of, of this season is Tyler Algier. I did not expect him at all to have the year that he's having. I was with him in 2018, and he was just starting and just trying to get his feet under him, trying to learn the running back um, position there at BYU. And, and he, 
he struggled a little bit. He just he just wasn't comfortable, wasn't confident. Uh, just needed to, to develop a little bit. And then in 2019, they moved him to linebacker, and he then he had to start all over and learn how to play that position, and struggled there, and then you know wasn't uh, didn't feel overall comfortable in that spot. And then they move him back to running back, and now here he is, is having a breakout year, which has been amazing to see because that means that despite everything going on, despite the, the setbacks, this, the disappointments, which I know he was feeling. I mean, two years of of you know 2018, 2019, and two years of not having uh, maybe your 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 best seasons, that can be tough. But he stuck with it, kept working, and now here he is having an, an amazing year. Um, I, I think I think a lot of people thought Lupini Katoa um, would be kind of the premier back, um, and, and while he's had a good year, it's been great. It's been good to see the uh, the combination of him with with Tyler, who's really come on and and um, shown me a lot of good things: vision, um, understanding uh, pass pro, pass protection, and uh, being able to contribute in both both the run game and the pass game. So it's that's a very Pleasant surprise for sure that I did not see coming. Tanner Mangum is with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Um, uh, Tanner, asking you a question I asked Gordon a couple of weeks ago, and maybe the, the answer to this is just super obvious, but is this the last season we're going to see Zach Wilson at BYU? <laughs> I, I think so. This, and this is just pure speculation on my part, but I think so. And, and if obviously he has to weigh that decision, and he will – make the decision that's best for him. But if, if I'm him, I'm going. <laughs> I'm gone. I mean, look at how his stock has risen. Look at the uh, the attention he's getting from NFL scouts and analysts. Um, I think you'd be crazy not to. I, I just think uh, he's he's proven himself as a, as a player, as a leader. And uh, when, when you're a kid, you dream of playing in the NFL. You, you dream of playing college football, of course, but you, the ultimate goal is to get that get to that next level, and so to have it now so close, to have it within his within his grasp, I think absolutely you should take it, and um, and I'm I'm happy for him. I mean, it's amazing to see how things have come together. I knew he had the talent, I knew there, I knew he had the potential. Uh, it was just a matter of getting the pieces in place, and so I you know I I hope he does what's best for him. We, you know, obviously he has to follow his heart, do what he wants, um, but. To me, in my eyes, it makes a lot of sense to uh, to take this success and then uh, translate it to the next level. Yeah, and he has been injured in the past, so who wants to go through that again, you know, and not be yeah, paid for it? Yeah, there's always risks. Yeah, there are risks involved. And speaking of risks, Jake, remember Matt Barkley? Uh-huh, yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Or, or, even, uh, or even Matt Leiner. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Tanner, uh, from a quarterbacking, let me put you on the spot here. Break down Zach Wilson's game. What what is it? And both from on the pro and the con side. Uh, go ahead and critique him. Uh, we can obviously see some great strengths, uh, and, but but will you uh, itemize those strengths? And then if you see a weakness, or not necessarily a weakness, but something the kid has to work on, what? How would you how would you answer that? So I think a couple comparisons, a couple comps that might be able to help people. And I'm not saying he is at their level or has their skill who is just as good as them, but he, but he's reminiscent of Aaron Rodgers 
and Patrick Mahomes. Again, I'm not saying that he he is at their level, but it's his style of play is reminiscent of theirs and the way that they approach the game, the way that they play the game. And what I mean by that is there's a type of smooth, almost effortless athleticism that they play the position with. Like, for example, a Drew Brees, a Tom Brady, uh, Philip Rivers, um, you know, successful quarterbacks who they don't have that smooth athletic uh, athleticism to rely on, but they have other things. They have other strengths. Whereas like a Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, they have this smooth athletic ability to create space, to create uh, plays with their feet as well as their arm. And and another similar thing that he has with them, he has the ability to throw the ball from a lot of different angles, uh, different arm angles. He, he, he can make those kind of a backyard football throws where you can throw a kind of sidearm under even underhand uh you know pitching it forward he's just he has he makes a lot of tough throws look really easy on the run he can he can sling it um even when his feet are offset uh in the pocket he can from weird awkward body positions he can still generate a lot of arm power similar to Patrick Mahomes Aaron Rodgers those those NFL quarterbacks are extremely talented with their arm and I think I see a lot of that in Zach because he's done a lot of work to generate power from his hips. His mechanics are amazing because he's really worked on uh, separating the upper body with the lower body and, and generating a lot of torque with the hips. And you, you see a lot of quarterbacks working on that these days. It's become a much more focused on point. So he's got that ability to create power with his with his arm through through his core, to just make hard, uh, difficult throws look easy. And then how do you, do, how also, do you Tanner? How do you do that? How, how does how do you explain well, that? Well, it's, it's years and years of, of repetition and and muscle memory. So when, when you know I, I've worked with a lot of young quarterbacks when you when when you're learning how to throw, there's a lot that goes into it with football. Um, it's not just who has the biggest uh, arm or who's the, the biggest kid or who's the strongest. Um, while, while my arm strength wasn't the best, it was, it was decent just because, and, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a skinny guy. Like I'm not like the, the biggest, strongest guy, but it's, there's mechanics that, that tie together with your hips, your core, your arm angle, the, uh, the, the shoulder mobility, there's a lot of things that play together to help create arm strength, to help create velocity. And that just takes years and years of repetition, just similar to a golf swing or a baseball swing. You watch professional golfers, professional baseball players, when they're swinging, their whole body is working together. Their legs, their hips, their core, the, the, the upper body, it all works together to, to create strength or to create velocity. It's not just about who's biggest. And so, you know, props to Zach for, for really working on that. And, and so it shows in his arm strength. You're seeing it this year with a lot of throws that he's making across his body, across the field, on the run, uh, feet not set. You, no matter what's going on, he can generate that arm power. And then you add his feet. He, he, can, he can run, he can hurdle, he can juke. Um, which which makes it really hard to defend at the defense when when you can maybe you know cover cover downfield, but then you have to count for him taking off with his feet. 
That's that's tough. And his so I, I would say one area that he could work on is is in uh, overall decision making. And he's gotten a lot better though. Obviously this year, I mean, incredible touchdown to interception ratio. So he, he's he's already made him huge strides in that. Just from 2018 to 2019 last year, there were some struggles there, but this year he's really honed in on that. Of just he, he he's very confident. And that's when he plays his best is when he's when he's confident. He can just trust in his ability, trust in the guys around him, and he can just take shots downfield. He's fearless. He's not afraid of, of making big throws. But sometimes, every now and then, they can get him in a little bit of trouble where he's trying to extend plays, trying to force things maybe a little too much. Um, but, again, I think he's gotten so much better at that. Uh, that, was, that was one area of concern that I saw in 2018, which is just trying to do a little too much. But now he's really, he's really honed it in and found that balance between playing bold, playing fearless, while also being smart and take, taking care of the football. And that's the best kind of combination you can have. He's our friend Tanner Mangum with us here on the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Tanner, I don't know if you were on Twitter yesterday, but uh, BYU t- Twitter was a tad bit grumpy uh, with uh, um, Jameis Winston coming in to replace Drew, uh, Drew Brees um, instead of um, Taysom Hill. What are your thoughts on Taysom Hill, the uh, pro quarterback? Do you think he has the ability to be QB1 on an NFL team? Well, it's it's quite interesting that uh, Taysom and Jameis are together on the same team because those those are the two quarterbacks that I've been forever linked with throughout my quarterback career. Obviously, going being in the same graduating class as Jameis, going to the Elite Eleven and the Under Armour All American game with him, I was always referenced next to him. And then obviously Taysom, and so now to here to have them together is kind of uh, kind of surreal, kind of a full circle moment but um to answer your question i i i think it's 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 a a tough situation that i i can't necessarily um i I just don't know what it's like there on that saints team and the type of reps that Taysom's getting at qb1 because they they're using him in such unique ways Right, he's he's the pocket knife. They're using him at running back, at tight end, at fullback, at quarterback, at receiver, and he's doing so in special teams. So he's doing so much, and so I don't know how many reps he's getting uh, that a normal quarterback would get. Whereas Jameis, that's all he's doing. He's getting the quarterback reps. He has to be prepared as the QB two in case Drew goes down because Taysom's doing all these other things. They they need him to be a part of their their offensive scheme, their offensive sets, their formations that feature him. And so I think they're I think right now they're just leaving him in that in that role and letting Jameis kind of de- develop as the as the backup. So I mean if if, if Jason's going to be an NFL starting quarterback I, I think it just comes down to experience. It comes down to to the to the reps that he gets. And um and while he's gotten a few, he still hasn't thrown that many passes in in NFL games. They're they're few and far between. They're a lot of them are trick plays. Um, and the ones, the the drop back plays that I have seen, a lot of the time, he takes off running. So there's just not a lot of sample size to work with. Uh, but you know, I think there's potential. There's definite potential. But I think uh, his athletic ability and his ability to to play other positions, um, that value that he brings as a versatile playmaker, right now outweighs the value he brings as a normal as a normal quarterback. 
See, Jake, the way you went, I think you agree with me on this. He's a better athlete than he is quarterback. I do. And yeah. that might make some BYU fans angry. But, uh, yeah. I, Tanner, maybe we're wrong on this, but he, he doesn't Yeah, he doesn't really seem – his arm doesn't seem as accurate as an NFL arm needs to be. Uh, but what a great athlete. I mean. Yeah, I think that that's what I'm getting at. Like The value that he brings as an athlete is huge. And right now the Saints are saying that outweighs the value that he might bring as a quarterback. And, and I, I think that, that there are things that need to be developed for him to take that next step to be a, a full-time starting QB1. Tanner, we always appreciate it when you have a chance to drop by the show. Thank you very much. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. That's Tanner Mangum, former BYU quarterback. He joins us each and every Monday. Big show. We're on location today. Larry H. Miller, Ford Lincoln Draper, 11442 South Lone Peak Parkway, right off of I-15, off the 114 South exit. Um, uh, Eric joins us once again. And Eric, Gordon asked me to describe where I was sitting. And uh, let, me, let me ask you this question. What's your favorite part about this dealership? Well, I mean, it sounds cheesy, but... It's location, right? I mean, we've got a lot of space, yep. right? So when we when we were able to move here from 90th down to here, right, we were able to build a new state-of-the-art facility with a huge service bay, and we were able to expand and just build this big lot. And you, you can't do that if you're in a tiny little city lot, right? So we got out here. We were able to really spread out, bring a lot more vehicles to show people to just give a better experience. That's true. It is huge. I mean, the, the lot is huge. It's nice. Yeah, sometimes you'll be getting a car from someone, you'll get a phone call, and you'll be like, I'm there. I'll be right there. And it's a mile walk you know, yeah, from right. one side to the other of the place. So it uh, it's certainly expansive, but it lets us hold a lot more inventory, right, which means we might have the color you're looking for or the model you're looking for, and it's really a big advantage for us for sure. Well, that's got to be advantageous to the customer too. Oh, absolutely. Come in, and, and the cars are here and ready to go, yeah. Yeah, every day. We're shipping cars to St. George, and someone's coming in from Wyoming. And, you know, of course, we love helping our friends and neighbors right here in Draper. So, And now, uh, we talked about this a little earlier today, now is like the best time to get yourself into a new car, upgrade a little bit. Absolutely, right? When you get to the end of the year, right, so not only are we we're ending the model year and the fiscal year and everything else, right? So Ford takes out all the stops, the best rebates, the best interest rates are all here right now. And that's why so many people take advantage of this time of year to buy. And right now, all that have started in our select is still pretty good you wait till you know noon on december 31st you might get the truck that's left versus right right now the different options and things you'll have and the the stuff they're doing with trade-ins right now is awesome too right yeah absolutely right the inventory has been pretty light on used cars so we're paying up for trades right now and then ford's really stepping up too most new fords have a special rebate if you have a trade-in they can pay you additional money for that as well so i mean it really is if you've been thinking about doing an upgrade it's time to do it right now. All right, people, you heard Eric. Get on it. Get down here to Larry H. Miller, Ford Lincoln Draper, 11442 South Lone Peak Parkway. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate you. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned. Sounds of various clips straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome on back. Time for Sounds of Various Clips, also known as Drop of the Day. 
We're live today. Larry H. Miller, Ford Lincoln here in Draper, 11442 South Lone Peak Parkway. Come on out and say hello. How, uh, how was your NFL Sunday yesterday, Gordon? Did you, uh, did you catch a bunch of games? I saw some. Uh, not, uh, not every game, but I saw some. And it was a good day for me because uh, I picked the Steelers to win, and, and they did. So, uh, Austin I was... and I had the Packers, and they, uh, I was a nail-biter with the Jags. I, yeah, you guys I, were I, you pretty know, worried about that one, weren't you? I absolutely was because I've picked uh, the team playing the Jags twice in our Survivor Pool uh, picks, <laughs> and it, they've only won once, and it was when I picked the Colts over them. I was going to have a heart attack if uh, <laughs> I picked against the Jags for the second time and they get their second win on the year. I was going to be very <laughs> perturbed. Yeah, what did I tell yeah. you on Friday, Jake? It, and this was my brainchild. I said, let's both pick the Packers and we'll have a better shot at Gordon Nolan incriminating audio on Monday because Gordon had already previously picked the Packers. But then I said, you watch the Jags win by 20. Watch Jeez. this be some <laughs> weird thing. And they almost got it done. In that fact, should happened. have got yep. it done, in fact. Yep, totally blue. I mean, really, how nervous. I mean, think about that. Think about what that would have looked like. Me picking uh, the audio that you and uh, Jake would have to do, Austin. I mean, that that would have been a glorious day today. Yeah, we have to avoid that uh, at all costs. (laughs) At all costs. And then how about uh, how about the Cardinals winning a game over the Bills in the most exciting way possible? And Kyler Murray looked awesome. Yes. Yeah. I might be wrong about him. I didn't. I didn't think. I thought he was going to be another Johnny Manziel type, and uh, he looks like he's pretty good. Who do you guys give more yeah. credit to on that final play, Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins? Got to go with Hopkins, right? Really, well, I go with Murray. Really? He he extended. He got that. He got away from like three for sure sacks, and then he got that ball perfectly over three defend or over two defenders and uh, down to Hopkins in front of the other defender on the back of him. That's pretty, pretty awesome. Well, awesome. Two th- two things are absolutely true. One is I've heard you say that over and over again, Jake. That you might be wrong on that. I think you were wrong, and and I'm not I'm not saying that. To uh, to to take you know Jeez, I'd agree with you, Gordon. But then we'd both be right. No, no. I mean, we're all wrong. It says, <laughs> but this kid, this kid, how tall is he? That was my issue with him. He's only like yeah, five nine it, and a half. Yes, that's what he looks like. But what an athlete! And uh, DeAndre Hopkins, man, that guy is that guy. He's that's a special talent right there. I saw some stat out there that Kyler Murray is projected to have more rushing yards than uh, what's his name with the Cowboys than Zeke. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. Pretty amazing. Pretty, pretty amazing. Um, our, uh, our Sounds of Various Clips today is NFL-related. Uh, the Raiders um, handed the Chiefs their first loss of the year this year, and uh, there's some controversy because apparently the Raiders' bus took a victory lap around the stadium to kind of rub it in, and Andy Reid uh, remembers and talked about it, and John Gruden responded. Here you go. That win seemed to mean a lot to the Raiders the last time around a few weeks ago. I mean, they did a victory lap around the stadium in their buses afterwards, uh, if that's any indication. Do you, do you feel like you guys matched their emotions that day? Do you feel like maybe you guys need to do a little better job of that this time around? Well, they, they listen, they won the game, so they, they can do anything they, they want to do. Uh, uh, they end up winning the game. That's not our style, but we'll we'll get ourselves back, ready to play, and that's where we're at. Hey, John. Uh, today, Andy Reid mentioned a couple times the uh, victory lap you guys took in KC in the, in the first game. What exactly was the victory lap, and uh, is that something that uh, you think about this week as far as 
bulletin board material or anything like that? Not really. I mean, you can find a smart Alec bus driver in Kansas City who made some snide comments when we got on the bus. Maybe that's why we drove around the stadiums to tick him off. You know, this is ridiculous. Next question. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Come on. That's really funny. And it is ridiculous. Of course it is. I always laugh at, at coaches and the stuff that they find to uh, to motivate their teams. I remember I remember when Urban Meyer had uh, Chris Leak in Florida and uh, they were playing against Ohio State in the national championship. And uh, after the I game, I covered that game. I went to that game. <laughs> after the game, they're playing all this. Nobody believed it. Urban Meyer played it up as, "Oh, nobody believed in us." Blah blah blah. We were this big underdog. It's like you're in the national championship game. Everybody <laughs> believes in you. What are you talking about? You're Florida. You're Florida. You're the Dern Gators. You're not Florida. Itt Tech. Yeah, everybody <laughs> believed in you. You're the SEC yeah. champion. You can't – if you're the SEC champion, you cannot play the nobody believes in us card. That should be foreboden. You know, I'm going to ask you about Urban Meyer because I, I, maybe I'm late to the party, but I saw that video uh, online of him talking about – teams who say they have bad players or whatever has that been around for a long time because i just saw it for the first time over the weekend uh he said some similar things before i don't know if that i saw the video too i don't know exactly you know the one i'm talking about Uh and and uh maybe we should play that at some point because i i find that fascinating that to me, that Urban Meyer, and it didn't surprise me at all. I'd never heard him say that in, in that context before. But I have heard him say that he's never seen luck play a part in any game ever. And I'm going, that is such a load of crap. But it's a good thing to tell your players, you know, not to rely on that kind of thing, not to worry about that kind of thing, to create your own and all that well, I, 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 that's why Urban essentially said that he thinks that that uh, people who players who say that their team isn't good enough or coaches who say that that he doesn't want to hear it. He didn't want to hear that when he was a coach. He said it's an excuse. He said instead, you don't talk about the talent of your players. You talk about the communication that needs to take place, the trust that needs to take place, the effort that needs to take place. And this, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, because that's coming from Urban, I find it fascinating because he's such a such a demanding but but successful coach. There must be something to it. Yeah, you pick the teams to go to that have the best players. <laughs> Can you hear my eye roll from here? That's pretty easy. When you leave Utah to take a job at Florida, that's pretty easy opinion for you to have there. And by the way, he made it. The, he picked Utah as a job to come to in the first place because Mac had record, recruited great players. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty easy. Oh, I, that's just an excuse. Oh, really, Ohio State head coach? Please, please. Can we play play that, Austin? I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'd like our listeners to hear that. Uh, He said it as a part of a Fox panel discussion, and I think he was talking to Reggie Bush or somebody. And I I, I don't know. I I think it's worth listening to, regardless if you want to roll your eyes or whether you want to think right on. This is a key that this coach has been able to uh, – Yes, check under the hood. That's exactly it. Okay, let's give that a listen, can we? 
it's an elite term as well. Fast, fast. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. No, I love fast, fast. Check <laughs> under the hood. So what is check under the hood? When, when you tell somebody to go check under the hood, what are you telling them to go do? Well, so many of us are excuse makers. I mean, that's the way that's part of who we are. And it, and it shouldn't be that way. When you see a team struggle, the first thing the fans and the, and the media blame are the players or they blame the coaches. It's never more evident than the NFL. I always laugh every week when I'll hear someone say, well, they got bad players in the NFL, some team that always struggles. I'm thinking, wait a minute. Think about what you just said there's not a bad player in the nfl they're nfl players same with the coach you can't say well he's a bad coach now maybe they're not coaching well or maybe the player's not playing well but that's where i always say lift under the hood never make excuse when i was a coach i would never let one of my coaches say he's a bad player I'd warn her, say, say that again, you probably have to leave because that's just, you're making excuses. Now, dig deep and find out why. Every time I've had a team struggle, every time, it's fallen in one of three categories. Number one, there's some trust issue. The players don't trust the coach. The coach don't trust the players or awful when the players don't trust each other. Number two, really think about it, it's called a dysfunctional work environment, Reggie, and that's that, where the expectations are very high, but we don't work hard. I've been there before, Coach. It's, and, and the coach has to be real clear with his team, say, wait a minute, that's going to lead to frustration, anger, disappointment, because we want to win a championship. I got news, guys, we're not working hard. So quit, stop with the yeah. expectations. If your you're, work ethic must exceed or equate your expectations, that's a good environment. And the last one, is real obvious. You got a selfish team, man. You got problems on your team. Football is a unselfish sport. That means you got to do the nasty. That means I'm a running back. I got to go protect my quarterback. Yeah. That, you don't always get to carry the ball. Sometimes you have to run down a kickoff 22 miles an hour and throw yourself into someone coming 15 miles an hour the other way. That's not fun. Why would you do that? Because you love your team and your teammates. So when you hear mm. LSU, Penn State, Wolverine struggling, stop with the bad players. I, I get sick of hearing that. It's not the players. I don't think it's coaches but there's something wrong lift the hood find out one of the yeah that's it what that's do you think, so Jake? easy for urban meyer to say hmm. you don't think so i, mean, I, I don't I, I don't i don't know i know he's had good players but he knows how to organize what he's working with there have been other coaches with good teams that have not succeeded in that regard so some message must be coming through from him so when north alabama comes into town and loses by 50 to byu it's because the coach needs to lift no the wood. no no Gosh, it's not come no on. it's not it's not all one or the other but i think that that kind of attitude uh, leads to people succeeding when you're ohio state and you're four deep at every position with all americans <laughs> and it's not quite going right for you yeah you can tell the coach hey it's not your players bozo it's you but if you're uh, at a different place which urban meyer never went to i mean i guess at the beginning of his career at bowling, bowling green, green maybe. Yeah. all right but fine a guy cherry picks every job from there on out to have the best players in the league and and he's gonna well lift the hood. Every team that I've had that's struggled, it's been because of this, this, and that. No, it's it's easy for you to say that because you've always had the best players. Well, so yeah, yeah. of course, if it's not going well for you, that it's your fault. No I, duh. But you but, can't have that opinion at Vandy. But <laughs> maybe hey, I believe. That Urban and I, I've had my troubles with Urban through the years, as you know. But I, I think it, you take Urban Meyer and you put him at almost any program in the country, and they would win more games. 
Yeah, but you know how why we're never going to find that out for sure, Gordon? Because he's never going to take a job like that. <laughs> he's like but, Phil Jackson. Okay, Phil, okay. Phil, Phil always cherry-picked the best jobs. Well, but if he, ever the best goes, players. If, he, if he ever goes to SC, you're going to say the same thing. Yes. But how are those players performing now? They're barely scraping by Arizona. Well, maybe, I don't know, Clay Hilton maybe isn't the guy for the job. All I'm saying is that it's easy for somebody who coached at Florida and Ohio State to have that opinion <laughs> and tell everybody how smart they are when they're <laughs> coaching at Florida Come on, and Ohio Jake. State. Yeah. Look, okay. I like, I like, uh, I have nothing wrong with uh, taking a shot or two at, at Urban, but, uh, and he's made some mistakes in his career, and he'd probably admit that if you got him alone. But uh, I, there are. He he knows how to win games. And go I don't go know, take over. I don't know. I don't know at what price. I don't know. I know. I have talked to former players who are scared to death of him, but somehow he's getting the message across to his players to play up to their potential at the very minimum. Jake, he, you know. Okay, I'll grant you. He said he has had talented teams, but he is he's won championships with those guys. So it's Frank Miley, Jay Hill, or Urban Meyer for the Utah State. Yeah, game. right. Is that what we're talking about here. Yeah. Go take over the, the current New Mexico <laughs> roster and win some games and then tell me to look under the hood. Give me a break. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. We'll have more coming up next live from Larry H. Miller, Ford Lincoln Dra- here in Draper, 11442 South Lone Peak Parkway. More straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. P57115, sale price 43315. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live at Larry H. Miller, Ford Lincoln Draper, 11442 South Lone Peak Parkway. Come on down and see us. We'll chat with our friend Eric coming up here momentarily. Any interest in the uh, Monday night football game about to kick off, Gordon? Vikings at the Bears? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, those are traditional teams that I kind of like to keep a little bit of an eye on. It's not like I'm going to be riveted to the TV uh, watching the whole game, but I'll check in on it. I see people. I, we were anticipating being snowed in uh, this weekend, Gordon. By the, the the weather service said we could get up to a foot in our neighborhood. Boy, we battened down the hatches. You know, not that we were going anywhere anyway. Canceled the plans. No going outside. And uh, didn't snow a lick. So ended up watching an incredible amount of football, even though we very much could have gone outside. You know what you should have done? You should have gone out and pretended to shovel the driveway, you know, and come back in all lathered up and sweaty and told Naz that you needed a, a back rub and a hot meal. We, you know what, Gordon? We were, st- I was stoked for it to snow over the weekend. We had the. Uh, There's a reference from 1951, by right. the way. We had Sadie all geared up. She was all excited about the snow. Like, we, we we got her all psyched up on Friday. We're like, when you get up tomorrow, there's going to be snow. She gets up, bounds out of bed. She's like, is the snow here? And <laughs> It's invisible. Uh, no. Uh, no, it's not. So. Well, she'll, 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 she won't have to wait long. 
But uh, as a result, she ended up watching a lot of uh, a lot of football Saturday and Sunday with her dad. <laughs> yeah, but she she calls it tackle, right? She, she does. She, she's, mm-hmm. she does, and and she kept begging me to to change it to cartoons, uh, and I kept saying no. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Daddy's got to work. Dad's working, and you you can go find something more construction uh, constructive to do. You know, go go get some like exercise. Like what? What did or, she or, end up doing while you were watching football? Oh, what do toddlers do? She's into puzzles. She's into marbles right now for some reason. Mm. I don't right. know something that's not watching television. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to tell your kid. Well, we don't want to watch too much TV while I'm just sitting there watching TV all day. When uh, <laughs> I brought back a bad memory, when I was a kid, I went over to my friend's house, and he had a whole like two shoe boxes full of marbles. And so we went up to the top of uh, his steps at his house and we dumped both boxes of marbles down the steps and they dented the walls and they did all of it. They made a huge mess and his mom was pretty angry at us. You know, so I'll tell you all my daughter likes to do is she puts a bucket down on the ground and then she takes a pool noodle and she drops the marble <laughs> through the pool noodle, and it lands in the bucket. She loves it. Here you go. Kids, Here you go. Uh, Here's just a yeah. big jar full of marbles and a bucket and a pool noodle. And uh, this ought to keep you busy for about an and hour. Here, and here's, yeah, here's the thing. You go out and spend a bunch of money on some expensive toy, and she'll be done with that in about five minutes and right back with the uh, pool noodle again. You know what game we we discovered that she liked with the pool noodle? And let me tell you something, Gordon. This comes in handy because it tired her out real fast. You know how uh, you know how you play tug of war with a dog with like a like a rope. I yeah, basically uh-huh. did that, but with a pool noodle with my daughter for honestly like an hour. And she, I mean, she was out cold when she went to bed. Yeah, but how did you? How are you? Oh, I just sat there on the couch and watched TV and pulled at it with one arm while she's tugging at it with the other. Man, it was no problem for me. But, boy, was she tuckered out by the time we were done with that game. And from then on, Sadie's nickname was Rags. I just I just couldn't help but thinking, like, yeah, right now I am treating my three-year-old literally like a dog. Do you know that uh, Abraham Lincoln had a dog, is do- and the dog's name was Fido? I did not. I mean, you expect maybe something uh, like a more profound name. Well, I don't know. Uh, maybe that's what made it pro- made it so well. Maybe that's why uh, Fido is a is a thing. Yeah. Maybe that, I could yeah. see that. Hmm. All right. Okay, we are live today. Larry H. Miller, Ford Lincoln here in Draper, one one four four two South Lone Peak Parkway, right off the one hundred fourteen South exit off five fifteen. Our friend Eric jumping on with us once again. Last spot, Eric. What'd you say for us? Well, you know, we're going to be here till 9 o'clock, so, and we're going to have that awesome Vikings-Bears game up here on the big screen. I'm All sure right. that's going to be a high-scoring hey, affair. Hey, <laughs> that is a big screen, though. That's not a bad place to watch the game. So, right, if you want to just check in on the game, but you want to come down here in Car Shop, we're going to be open. We'll be ready for you. But also, if you decide to just stay home and hang out and you've got your iPad there, your laptop, your phone, like I said earlier, you can do the whole car buying process from your house, from your couch, right? So if you cruise over to LHMFordDraper.com, just click on the Buy Online link. You can see your lease payments. You can see purchase options, new cars, used cars. 
and really the payment will be within a couple of bucks of what you see there. So no surprises, makes the whole thing super easy. But like I said, if you want that personal touch, we're going to be here, right? We're sports fans, but we catch a lot of those sports from work. I'm sure a lot of people do too, but we'll be here. We're happy to help you out. Hey, I'll tell you what, though, having that screen right there, if you've got to watch a game at work, that's not bad. No, it's not too bad. I no, think what is that, bad. nine? It's kind of like watching it at a theater. We, we watch plenty of games here. Uh, we watched the space launch the other day from in here. That was pretty cool, too. That is cool. All right, so give me the best deal on the lot right now. What What is the one everybody's got to know about? Uh, the one, I would say right now, it's going to be F-150 XLT 2020, right? So we're closing it out. The rebates are huge, and it's a truck that can do everything, right? It has an awesome towing capacity, but you can fit your whole family in it, right? You can do all kinds of projects with it. And we were talking about it earlier, right? So many people are gravitating yeah. towards trucks like that because it, it can haul your family. It can do your projects. It can do your fun stuff. It can do work. And it's it's the vehicle that can do it all, and it's the number one selling vehicle in America. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. So no big deal. There's a reason why, right? <laughs> Come check them out, and it's easy to fall in love with it. All right, just off 114 South, just west of the freeway. You can't miss it, Eric. We can't thank you enough for having us out today, man. It's been a blast. Yeah, thanks for coming out. All right, we'll have more coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Wrap it up a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to say a big, big thanks to the folks here at Larry H. Miller, Ford, Lincoln, Dra and Draper. Eric and his crew uh, are great, Gordon. They've been great hosts of the show today. Oh, yeah. It's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, no, uh, no doubt about it. Um, what's on tap in the Monson household this fine Monday evening? Are you guys still doing the movie thing every night? Uh, we do here and there a little bit, uh, but I've got to work. I've got to do a little work tonight, so I'll be uh, busy. And now, doing now that. do you have to do some work tonight, or is this what you're telling uh, the uh, Lisa because she's doing yard work or something? No, I'm doing a couple of interviews tonight, and uh, then I'll either write tonight or tomorrow morning, one or the other. So, yeah. Uh, is there uh, like is there like a movie on or something that you just want working working? No, no, nothing like that. I'm not making excuses. I'm making money. <laughs> I mean, it's not like when I'm bringing, I'm bringing the I'm breaking the I'm breaking the bringing the bacon home is wow. what I'm doing. I know, what? but that is that is what you said on uh, mulch moving day, as as we recall. Well, there was a little bit of that, but it wasn't it wasn't like uh, it wasn't a, a complete fabrication. It was it was just a delay to action. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it was. But I was out there, man. I was out there. I was After out there the hard work them. was done? No, I, I hauled some of that stuff out of there. That's yeah. not what you told us. Well, I did I did a little bit. Not as much as she did. But, but she's a good worker. <laughs> Just here, very busy, writing my column that I finished yesterday. <laughs> no, I had, to, I had to get caught up on a couple things. <laughs> You know what I did over the weekend? Yard work. I don't no, you, you did I, not. I did. My wife brought in like 20 or 30 bags of soil, and I had to work on Saturday, you know, so I hurried up and finished my work, and I went out there, and I was doing yard work. I thought you had to crawl them done on Friday. Oh, did I? Did you tell Lisa you were working and you were really taking a nap or something? <laughs> I wasn't taking a nap. Just in there occasionally. <laughs> working hard. Very busy. Very busy in there working. Lots of interviews and stats. And, and stuff. Oh, yeah. Lisa, I'll be right there. I'll be Sounds just like what you said a second ago.
<laughs> I, did, I did get out there and I did I did uh, spread I did spread yeah. them. Yeah. You spread, spread something that, that hard that hard job <laughs> spreading things around the flower bed. Kind of kicked his no, foot because, in the dirt a few no, times. And... No, you had to you had to get it just right, you know, and you had to comb it over and just make it nice and neat. Okay, and now we know just you're lying. I mean, you know, in fact, I got down. I got down on my hands and knees and broke the clumps up just to make it just. So. Oh my goodness! We take it all back. I mean, that is that's exactly like loading fifty hundred pound bags of mulch <laughs> like a from yak the, from the front yard to the back. Oh, never mind, Gordon. In the heat of the day, I had to break up clumps. <laughs> what the wind usually does. <laughs> oh man! Well, Gordo, uh, don't work too hard, buddy. We'll, uh, no, we'll catch I'm you tomorrow. To. Yes, you will. I look forward to it. I think. All right, it's the big show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone.